Welcome back to another episode of First Strike. This week we've got someone that needs no introduction, but he just won the F2F tour stop in Toronto. Mr. Keith Capstick, welcome back to the show. How's it going, my man? Have I, have I been on the show before? I couldn't remember. I was thinking about it this morning about whether I had been on it or not. But pre-COVID, I'm, I, I'm pretty. Either sure. way, I'm excited to be here. I guess. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited was, to have you back. He was on a show without KYT with Elliot hosting. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I remember. That's the that was the missing element is that uh, KYT wasn't here last time. <laughs> So well, I'm excited to talk to you, Keith. I wanted to jump on the show and record right away because you know I just want to chat with you. Like, how, how's it been going these, these past few years? Are you just killing it at um, at the score still? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> the past few years, I went from yeah, I work at the score. I, I help uh, run the the esports vertical um, as well as some other stuff there. But basically, uh, I went from writing to on cam, and now more like. Um, kind of like senior producing creative direction kind of job working with brand partners and like deciding what new shows to do and that sort of thing. So that's like my day to day now play a lot less magic than I did three years ago. I'll be honest, but God, because, the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because your job's more involved or just, just happens to be that way. Um, well, I mean, obviously the pandemic was tough for magic i mean in, in terms of like the my relationship with the game i guess uh i use it i use magic very exclusively for like a you know a way to go out on the weekend and like leave my house in the morning and spend time with people and that wasn't exactly the the type of magic people played during the pandemic so i just focused on other things you know and uh Lately, in particular, I've been, I mean, Ginger was making fun of me before we got live, we went live, but I've been spending a lot of time exercising and uh, I was like doing my application for my master's and that sort of thing. So I actually, uh, Saturday was the first tournament I played since August. Like at all. I played, I played, I played four leagues and that was, that's the only magic I've played since August. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Derek was joking that, that you're, you've gone all self-improvement or something. <laughs> I, made am it sound a, like I am a little bit of a success win mindset guy. I, I don't mean it in like a bad way. I just, I just very much, uh, I've been on a bit of a war path to, uh, to, to do some self-improvement. So uh, some of it's worked out. Some of it hasn't, but I'm doing, I'm uh, like, to answer your question, I'm doing extremely well. I'm very happy. So you just posted, I, I saw that you posted a video that I'm interesting to watch right after uh, we do this pod, which is like, a topic that seems to be popular on YouTube, which is like, is esports dying? Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Is it? Nice. <laughs> What's the short it's, answer? <laughs> the, sh the short answer is like no, but I mean, it's much like a, a lot of financial bubbles where like there's a lot of venture capital in esports, and you know, um, there's a there's a time like a ticking time bomb when it comes to like big VC groups investing in products like that, right? Um, uh, you have to find a path to profitability at some point. And I think a lot of esports orgs are struggling with that in, in, in the, the current economic climate. So I made a video. It's just sort of about like, you know, all the different ways people are trying to make money in esports and how it differs from traditional sports um, in that way. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was fun. I, I don't get to be on camera as much as I, as I, as I once did. So uh, it was, it's kind of cool to hop back on when I have like subjects I'm passionate about. So. Oh, so, so you are on for this one? Yeah, yeah, that's me okay. on camera, yeah. And okay. alive and live and in color. All right. Exposed brick and all, as, as Ginger would say. <laughs> but you said you were more, like, do you decide on more of the concept of the videos now? Like, I decide on, yeah, well, topics. Like, I'm basically ahead of news and, like, new business. So new topics, news topics, um, like new shows um i like pitch to brand partners that like want to be involved with our content uh i help like come up with like concepts and ideas to for like next steps for our channel like so let's say i don't know popular on youtube right now podcasts right like let's say we want to do a podcast like it would be my job to figure out okay like who is going to be on the podcast who's the talent like what's it look like what how many cameras what shots like what are the transitions look like what do the graphics look like? All that kind of stuff. How's it sound? What are the topics? That kind of thing. So, Sweet. Yeah. Just general, like, sort of senior producer sort of role. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, like, you, you haven't been 
in Magic. Um, I, I was busy as heck. I was like trying to. I wanted to say hi to you in Toronto, but I was busy with all the tasks that I had. But I saw you were there cheering on your friends. So, so you had no plans to play that one at the at the re, at the RC. When yeah, Ginger, yeah, yeah. Ginger and Andy masterfully qualified yeah. for the professional tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there. I, I I pulled up, but I I was not qualified because I hadn't played a tournament in like four months or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did some I did some walking around, cracked some jokes. I think I might have got dinner with some people, but in the, yeah, I, I was just spectating um, in Toronto. Um, but but uh, this this past weekend you did play, and yes. uh, how, how did that happen? And and I guess you just went with stock hammer. Is that what you said? Well, I mean, is I some version of stock, the Matthew Dilk stock, uh, and my my stock, not not exactly like uh, Magic Online stock, but uh, yeah. So, I don't know, I don't know, <clears throat> sort of like an an interesting like sort of string of events where I, uh, you know, someone was like, oh, there's an there's an open, and I was like, okay, um, and then I just kind of had a free day, and uh, I, I like I had a friend coming to Toronto who like wanted to play the open, and he was like, "Yo, let's go play, whatever." And it's just like this kind of idea sort of started creeping in the back of my head. I mean, you guys know you can't ever get out of this game. It's like it's actually poison. So, well, not poison, but like it's like it's like it's one of those. It's like a love hate thing. Like some days, some days I play Magic, and it's like the greatest feeling in the world. You feel like you're God, and then other days the game kind of beats the shit out of you. So. Like it just kind of crept up in the back of my mind to come back and play a bit, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll I'll play the open." So I uh, I played a few leagues on Magic Online, came very close to registering exactly the same seventy five that I did the last time I played Magic. Um, I I love I love Hammer. It's like uh, probably probably my favorite one of my favorite decks I've ever played, um, and uh, I I think it's really rewarding even when you don't do well. Like it's just very tricky and and and. Uh, you know, you can take a lot of roles in a lot of different matchups. So, um, yeah, I figure I figured the deck hadn't changed that much, and I just figured out how I wanted to build it. And uh, fortunately, uh, won the entire event uh, after a string of uh, killing people on turn three, and uh, you know, relying on the fact that I had a lot of sort of institutional knowledge that traced back to last summer about the deck because it, it just hasn't changed that much since Lyris got banned. So, yeah, it was cool. It's fun. I had a blast. I mean, Andy, you were saying that that's one of like the safest decks to, to pick in the format. Yeah, it's like clearly it's probably the best deck. I would say it's the best deck overall. It and Merktide are the tier one decks. I think Hammer's a bit better than Merktide. Um, you also went. So, so how did the weekend go for you? Uh, I went five and three, which is like respectable, but not exactly ideal when like traveling to these things. Yeah. Had some string of just like unfortunate like uh draws from the opponent and stuff like that but honestly i felt like i've been playing played some of the best magic i've played in a while and i've been sort of really trying to find that feeling again after being sort of weird with magic right around the pt and the pt and honestly i think i played extremely well and was really happy with my play most of the time there was like a mistake or two that i caught but i caught it like right away and a really satisfying tournament overall just to feel like a, a, I'm back to playing like high level magic. It's extremely, extremely mature relationship with magic. <laughs> extremely <laughs> difficult game to play well and not win and b- believe that you played well. So, well, I'm a father now. So I'm yeah, you have mature. all the, you have the perspective. You say mature once you become a father. And there's this like there's this joke in in I mean like I'm sure you've heard this a million times in sports. Every time a, a professional athlete has a has a child, they say that they have perspective now. It's like the, the sort of dad energy, and that's what you have. It's like uh, you have a child, and then you're like, okay, now I now I have the discipline to understand that when I get unlucky, it, I I can still play well. You're like yeah, well, my family still loves me, my daughter still loves me. Exactly. I'm more successful than all of you. Leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, Derek, were you there also or no for this one? Uh, I I wasn't say I was there. I I owe two drops. <laughs> I was there in body for sure. Yeah, I, I existed physically. Um, I lent uh, my copy of Hammer to a friend and I played Death Shadow because I don't really like modern and I like casting Thoughtseize and didn't go well and that's okay. But still got to hang out. I was really only going to like hang out with people anyways. Like Keith said, like. Other than RCs and like even I don't know going to Calgary, I probably wouldn't have gone if we didn't go as a group. 
I just don't really care to, I can just play magic at home if I want to play magic. So like I went to hang out, we vibed, had food afterwards, chilled, you know, passed the time. Mm. Did you receive any notable gifts? No, I don't think so. Why? Why are you mentioning this, Andy? No, I was just didn't curious. You give, him a, very popular. you give him an Xbox controller to play uh, to play Magic Online with? That yeah. sounds fun to me. I really yeah, yeah. shortcuts. Exactly. I, I gave Derek an Xbox controller so he could play Moto a little more comfortably. For sure. Get the lean back. 100%. I can speed run it. Yeah. You already do the weird like right click thing, anyways. So yeah, well, because my hand, my body's too when I'm leaning back and I'm You're so like it, it's just it's, it's actually incredible to watch like just like how routine. You ha- how much routine you have with Moto, where like you can't even, you don't even have your hand on the keyboard. You just right click everything. Yeah, because my, my my arms are short and I can't reach the keyboard. Little guy, I'm just leaned back, vibed, and my hands just like one hand, notably <laughs> little face, guy, like chewing my nails or whatever, and the other one's on my mouse. It's like I don't want to move my hand. I can just click, 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 click. Life's hard for you. I'm, I'm a right clicker too. Right click, yield all. Yeah, it's yeah. clearly the wrong thing to do, but here I am. Almost clearly, I can't really argue. My motor mechanics are are not good. Well, that's because you have exposed brick of your house in a real life. <laughs> Dude, nobody can see my house. The, the joke doesn't land as well. Well, we need to do a good description of <laughs> the exposed brick. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Very downtown lifestyle, 550 square foot apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Nicest backdrop out of us four, though. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, that's um, for, that's for work. <laughs> Andy, uh, I, like I, I didn't get to see the the photos from the event, but like I was messaging you how like you know the the registration numbers were kind of insane. We keep getting more and more people into Commander. Did the room feel like it was uh, more populated than usual, or did it just feel like the same? Oh, that that thing was full. Yeah, and I, I remember every few rounds, I would hear them be like, "Commander Pod 70. and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh my god, it's like 3 p.m." Yeah. And then I remember, like, right before like the second to last round, I was like, "Commander Pod 104." I'm just blown away that 104 Commander Pods have fired. You can sit there and play for free, and 104 Commander Pods fired. Yeah, that's outrageous. <laughs> Magic's clearly not dead. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just—it's like it still kills me because like we um, we didn't win the bid for for last year's or no, it was earlier. No, last year, last year's bid for for Command Fest, mm. and uh, but like the success of the our Command Zone at the F F two F. Well, I'm struggling with it at each F two F tour stop has been has been mind blowing. We're just like seeing a lot of people come out for these, and it's good that we just want people to know that they can come play commander pods it's not just about the modern open it's not just like this we don't just have a competitive thing going on and there there's something for everyone i i don't know what changed from like this face open and i the last one i went to was like two torontos ago hmm. but the commander scene was like exponentially bigger than it was that time like i remember it would just be like a handful of tables but it was like a third of the room and it was constantly people in and out it was crazy. Yeah. We've we've made more of an effort uh, this season, if you will, or cycle of events to to advertise um, non the non competitive side, so people know like the tour weekend is like you know there's artists, there's cosplayers, there's there's other stuff. So we we're making an effort, and like the command zone at these events is like something we're we're pushing more than than ever before. Like we we branded it this like reserved area just for for commander at all these events. So. It's cool that it's it's working out. It's cool it's working out, and and hopefully um, there's a lot of people going to the next two weekends. That are not necessarily people who qualify for the RC, uh, but now like Keith, do you qualify for the RC? Um, how how serious are you able uh, to take this? <laughs> I mean, I'll pl- I'm gonna play and I'll test. Like um, I don't really play Magic for fun, so like if I'm gonna play an event, like I'm gonna try. Um, and like, I'm qualified for the regionals now and it's, it's in June, it's pioneer. So like, I'll absolutely test with, uh, you know, like Edgar, Fournier, Dilks, Daryl, like all the people I would normally test with, um, try to come up with a good pioneer deck and play. But uh, my most, mostly like, I don't have any intentions to like quit playing magic. I just, uh, 
I just I'm trying to ma- manage my expectations. Like I, I I look for like the successes in other parts of my life and put pressure on myself in other parts of my life. Magic it needs to be for fun for me to have a healthy relationship with it. So um, I'll definitely test and I'll definitely try to be as prepared as I can. But um, I don't know how much like random like weekday magic I'm going to be playing. <laughs> Keith, I, I feel like you're torn in that in that monologue. Yeah. You said both the words. I don't play magic for fun and I play magic for fun. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. Like, it's like, I, I don't play, I don't like playing casual games. That's not like what's exciting to me. Like, like, like just going to a, a weekday magic event, it just doesn't like scratch the itch for me. But having like my like happiness be, have any relationship to how much success I have in magic is just not good for me. Cause I've been there before and it's like, it's just not good. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. It's probably pretty similar to like how I treat my relationship with magic. Just, I know I don't have the time to be like the best in the world, but I'm still going to give it like my best shot, put my best foot forward when I do play. And I, same to you. I just can't play like the weeklies. I got to feel like, everyone wants to win like everyone wants something absolutely yeah it's also just not that exciting when you play against some, like 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 all, all respect to anybody who try is is going to a week night event to have fun cuz i mean honestly they're probably getting more out of the game than we are but like like i just don't i like the the enjoyment to me is like like playing and and having success against people that are competitive in in the sense that the games are difficult and the decisions are challenging it's not fun to just like know how to sequence all your cards and then run somebody over. It's just like, I, 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 that's not why that's not what's fun about the game to me. So yeah. Yeah. It is. There is like definitely some given, like some give and take with me um, because I really do like it. And it, it does like, I don't know. I think there's something like kind of enchanting about the game. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a bit of a blast from the past. Like things like this does don't really exist in 2023 where you can like travel and like meet all these people who are unique and have their own like weird idiosyncrasies that have landed them in this like weird niche hobby where they want to travel for like no money and like <laughs> drive 13 hours to sleep on a floor. Like, like there's like something really cool about that. It's just that it comes with its own set of, you know, uh, uh, difficulties as well. So, yeah. Uh, Andy, you made some uh, on the topic of RCs. You made some cause a bit of a stir, if you will, on Twitter on this topic. Stir. You said, "Hey, at PlayMTG, some feedback from a player in Canada who has engaged in CompMTG for over a decade. When you reduce our PT invites to four per RC, eight total, it's going to cause a lot of damage to the competitive MTG scene here." And then these guys also chimed in. And a lot of people chimed in whether they like stuff like, okay, maybe they prefer one RC with eight invites and stuff like that. Um, I'll just let you take it away, Andy. What what uh, ended up being some of the conversations you've, you had on Twitter with people? Uh, I ended up talking to a lot of people on and off Twitter about this topic. And I'm still torn of sort of what the best solution is. So I spoke with some people in regions that don't have that have it even worse than Canada, and they were talking about how they would give anything to have two RCs. They don't care if they're both one slot, hmm. so that they can actually afford to like travel to this thing. What? And I'm sitting here having two four slotters, and I'm just sort of pissed about having to spend four hundred dollars and two days off. Can you say what regions these are? Because like, if 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 they aren't like. Obviously, if there's some country that we don't think about magic that often compared to like North America or parts of Europe, like this is a hard comparison. Those are the only two countries, right? North America and parts of Europe. Yeah. Australia. (laughs) It was was someone from South America. Okay. Yes. Carl Carl Serap. And he he was basically like, the, the RC is always so far away from me. I would give anything for it to be a one slaughter and half, like even half closer. Right. And so it kind of gave me some perspective on maybe that just because the system is worse for me as an individual, perhaps it's not worse overall. And I spoke to D rude and some other people about, and what's constantly in my mind is the, what will the effect be to local stores running these RCs or RCQs when it's not in their region, right? Like when it's out West and you're out East and vice versa. Because I think the RCQ system is like pretty fragile right now. I think it's pretty close 
in some places to to folding if there's like any sort of pushback that's tough to get out of like i know a lot of like 11 player 12 player rcqs that the second it becomes undesirable for a handful of people they will not fire and if they don't fire one season they stop firing it's sort of the flow of things like that. It's like with standard FNM, once standard FNM didn't happen anymore, they looked for alternatives. Now standard FNM will never fire the way it did again. And so I, I get stuck trying to figure out what the best solution is. And perhaps just accepting the two four slaughters is the best solution for the most people, even if it doesn't benefit me the most. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I'll, I'll I can I'll say what my piece I I don't have like like I said I don't have like a massive skin in the game because I'm not I'm not going to RCQs every weekend but what I will say is um one of the things that used to frustrate me a little bit about about Magic was it felt like like when I was really had the fire like when I really wanted to be to be good and I wanted to travel it kind of felt like that you had to make a, an extremely a high variance choice. Like I'm either I'm going to travel all over North America to play this game and I'm going to I'm going to take a risk on it or I'm going to stay home, I'm going to play Grand Prix Toronto when it when it's in Toronto and I'm going to play like local 1Ks and I'm going to and I'm going to I'm going to be an okay player, but I'm never going to go and like see if I can really cr- crack it, right? Whereas like what I do like about this system is it gives you an opportunity to stay home for some percentage of the time and just give it a shot when, when, when it, when it comes around. Right. And so I guess that's, that's the thing that I like about Canada having multiple slots. I know it's a massive country. There's, there's a lot of people that are just always going to have to fly to every event, no matter what. But I like the idea that like, if I'm a West coast person or if I'm a, like an Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto person, I, once a year at least or once a season or at least I'm going to be able to like just give it a shot. And then if it doesn't come around, I can go back to work. I can go back to my, my life. And then when it comes around next time, I can just give it a shot. Whereas before it really felt like it's like, I got to get, I got to give everything to, to, to get a, a silver invite or like, I'm, I, I'm just like, I'm kind of kidding myself, you know? Oh, Ginger, what do you think? Yeah. Derek, get in there. <laughs> um, I think competitive magic is living on borrowed time. I think COVID was a long push uh, waiting to happen. Um, I said this a long time ago with Grand Prix. I felt that we needed a third party or a separate magic company that is not Watsy to run the events and run them well. Um, I think they tried that with Channel Fireball and it didn't work out or it wasn't profitable or something along the lines didn't work. The RC system now is sort of, depending on where you look at it around the world, is sort of an example of this, where Face has Canada, DreamHack has America, etc. I think the more you see people frustrated with traveling costs and how hard it is to qualify for the PT and the incentive to play Commander and how a lot of the stores are moving into casual magic or people playing casually, whether it's casual or whether it's like competitive EDH, whatever you want to call it. It's just showing me that there's no money in competitive magic because magic's a really hard game to watch. So we don't get viewers. So there's no money in it because we can't get ads. You can't get sponsorships. You can't get people like traveling to these events to pay for it. So you don't have incentive of the best players to actually play against each other. It's a lot of what Keith is saying is, uh, I work a full-time job. I have to take this shot when I can get it. I need to focus on my life and, you know, that's okay. And yeah. I, th- yeah. I think I it think- is okay. That's the yeah. Thing. Yeah. Is it really that bad if it's like not a career? You no, I, mean? I, I agree with you, <laughs> but, but I think the statement of Watsi, you need to do something and give us more invites to fix this is the opposite of that. Yeah, but think- Andy, Andy's not saying like make pro magic a career. He's just saying like make make like local competitive players give them like incentives where the incentives are due. I- like he's not saying like give me gold status. You know, don't he's not saying fly me to GPs. No, but but I think like I made the point of if these one Ks aren't firing or if these stores can't run events without an RCQ attached to them then they probably weren't running events in the first place. They should focus their time on other things that they can monetize better. 
because competitive magic is hard to pick up and play. And the moment that RCs, RCQs, RCs sort of fail, everything crumbles. Or when it's a season that people don't like the format, like standard, it, everything falls by the wayside. And that's just a long time coming. Yeah, but didn't, didn't face like literally run a 32 player standard event at the at the at the open? Like clearly, clearly, like the, the this structure in the way that it currently exists is incentivizing people to pick up Pioneer and Standard. I, I agree, but it can't be the only thing, and it can't be the reason why you think that stores should have or need to have RCs or RCQs to run their events. Because if your store isn't generating excitement for magic or competitive magic, it's just going to fail eventually anyways. And and I think that the reason that there is less excitement for these things is because people just don't like competitive magic or there's no money in it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just interesting. I mean, like, sort of like a, a, a ter- terribly nihilistic approach. <laughs> from I here. mean, I'd... I mean, it's, magic. Just, it's just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, I hear, I hear the, I hear the idea that like, it's an, it's an, it's like kind of a, you know, brick wall kind of game. You like, look at it. You're like, what the hell is Expose going on? Brick even. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get new players in. It's, it's not like, it's not like, it's not counter-strike. It's never going to be counter-strike. I don't think anybody thinks that that's possible, but I, I mean, I don't basically I, I sort of I guess I see where you're coming from, but I the only thing I would I would contradict is I don't like speaking for local game stores because like literally every business is different. Like they're all in different places, they all have different incentive structures. Some of them are like trying to run cafes and have like food, and some of them are trying to sell cards, some of them are trying to sell board games, some of them have web stores, some of them like you literally have no idea how much magic actually affects their bottom line. So I, I think for the conversation at hand, like, like, yeah, I think, you, you know, if you're saying like, you know, oh, well, you know, like it, it, this is never going to be a career. There's no money in it, blah, blah, blah. So Watsy has to make decisions or I guess Watsy makes the decision how many invites Canada gets. Watsy has to make decisions based on competitive magic as a marketing expense. Like, sure, whatever. Fine. But I just don't like speaking for local stores because I think they're all pretty unique, like. Sure. When I worked for a game store um, pre-pandemic, I worked there for about a year. Um, during that year, they had a one in 3K series during the year, one a month. At the end of the year, if you did well in the event, you qualified for an open or well, it wasn't open, but it was a cash tournament that you qualified for. And they would get anywhere from like 100 to 150 players. It didn't have a PT qualification associated with it. It was just a modern event once a month. Now, pre-COVID is very different, but that idea of building a relationship with your community, having them understand what their goals are with your magic events, what they feed into, and how that affects the system outside of qualifying for the Pro Tour was good for people because they had a reason to be competitive in magic without being a competitive player. They didn't have to do the PT grind. They didn't have to go to PTQs. They they could opt into that or they could just play like some three K's locally and they were popular. I think a lot of stores fail at doing that idea. And I think a lot of magic players view magic in that way. It's either I have to be on the PT or I'm not playing magic. It goes back to like having a, a healthy connection with magic and like you said you don't like playing magic casually but you opt into how you decide what casually is sure yeah yeah i mean you have a, a you have a point I, I just again like i just don't want to talk about local stores yeah, sure, I, i'm sure. not going to comment on local stores i don't know anything about their their that's business. that's reasonable like you know, the tournament the the store you work for could have had like the it could have been owned by some billionaire and then it's like who cares right like, yeah 100 you know, I, I mean that's reasonable and there's a lot of nuance to it but yeah, but i like, think that who knows, i think um i think that there's just like uh there's a lot of proof to show that competitive magic is i don't want to say it's dying because i don't think it's dying but i i think a lot of people have this nostalgic idea of what it was and I'll, i think some people need to come to terms with the idea that 
It is changing very fast. Ginger's, Ginger's gonna cry. <laughs> Compounded magic. I think you might be. You might be like. You might be a little bit. World is ending. Oh really? You think so? I mean, like there was two hundred people at this face open. There's 200, 200 people like at a tournament in Toronto. There was two hundred and thirty five. I think the last time I went, one of the first opens after the pandemic. Like. I mean, those are big tournaments. I'm sure Face is happy with the with the turnouts of them, right? Like, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, the fact that my friends are testing Standard on Magic Arena, and they're like, they're attending Standard RCQs and shit like that. So, you know, that's pretty novel I, to me. Since I, I mean, it's way before the pandemic, right? I'm happy to be wrong. If I'm wrong, it's a great outcome for me. Yeah. <laughs> but at, at the same time, like I, I'm. I'm seeing all these signs, and I think that a lot of stuff is going to catch up to him. I, I see what Derek's doing. He's betting against his team in the Super Bowl. You know, like mm-hmm. you can't lose. Yeah, he's like either he's you're like, right or your team won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he gets to take a victory lap, or he gets to play Magic for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, but so, like, I think it's okay for competitive Magic to like supplement these kind of things and give incentives. Like, how many people show up to the face open if top 32 doesn't get an invite? There's no shot I go. No offense, face to face games, but yeah, I'm not going to travel two and a half hours for yeah. a tournament that's like pretty close to a standard challenge on Moto. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I hear you totally. And there's actually like, there's a lot of businesses in the world that exist that way that use like, like a, a kind of, uh, like a, a gravitas product in order to sell something else. Like this is like sort of tried and true, right? You you have like a loss leader that looks good on paper and looks good in advertising. And, you know, you, you create storylines and narratives around it, but you're actually actual revenue revenue stream is like some sort of merchandising play or commander players or whatever it is. Right. Like, it's like, I'm sure that's the way Watsy saw the pro tour for however many years. Right. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to subsidize this product in order to sell this other product. Right. It's just, if you have like five green arrows going up and one red arrow going down, you're still generating a profit so long as you can justify the existence of one of them. Now, obviously Watsy made, made the decision they made with the pro tour and maybe they decided it was too much of a loss leader or it was, you know, it just didn't make any sense once they could print money on arena. But like, I I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case for, you know, the dream hacks and face to faces of the world. Right. Like, I mean, I, I I have no idea about the inner workings of face to face running RCs or, or, or opens, but I presume that it's not the three of us that they're making money off of. It's it's like it's the story of misplaced ginger being a you know a, a black red specialist who's like you know he's going to the opens and he's like going to the pro tour. Like it's like you know that that story is what you know gets people out of their out of their houses to buy decks and and to go play in, play in events. So it's just like uh, there's it's just totally normal to have net loss rev- net net loss marketing costs in order to sell another product. So. If that's uh that's the way they want to do it, then I'm down to play some events here and there. I'm sure that you'll you'll play them, Derek. No matter how much magic is dying, maybe we'll see. I don't know. Any Derek, other? You, th- you think it's going to turn on its head like rather quickly, right? That's your guess. I don't. I don't know for sure. Um, it's it's rough because season two is going to be, in my opinion, very under. Um, what's the word? Like people aren't going to show up. Isn't it already? Aren't the qualifications already done though? Yeah. It well, season two ended like a month ago. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, like, do well, you do, does it really seem to you like there's a bunch less people going? Because it doesn't seem that way to me. Like, I all my friends are testing standard right now. Like I'm literally uh, looking at a discord channel with like seven people in it. Are all up, standard. up until, up until <laughs> Live streaming their testing. Yeah. yeah I mean. Up until the PT, I didn't have any qualifications for season two RCs because I didn't play any RCQs because it was over the holidays and I was testing for RC one. Um, and Sounds like an extremely personalized anecdote. I, I know a lot of people who are in the same boat. I know a lot of people who are planning to go to both in the first season. And then second season, they are not going to both. They might only Yeah, but that could one. be just like an excitement thing, right? Like you, you can't just like snap off trips across the country constantly. That's right? what like, I, this like, is what I mean. Like for Canada. But that's not a problem with the program. It's just like, okay, people are stoked once. But this, but it, it affects attendance. Sure. I mean, I guess man. it's I also know. like pe- people generally don't You're like being standard. A doomer, bro. 
Oh, I'm, I'm just being realistic. Like I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I don't want to spend money on a standard deck for one event. Yeah, that's legit. That's legit. I think that's a good point. I, and that's, a, that's why it's good they changed the system. So you have to play standard to qualify for the standard one. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, my favorite thing is like, you're like, oh, I talked to all these people who they're saying like, oh, they're not sure they're going to go. And all those people are just going. Yeah. Me, I'm like, oh, I'm 50-50 on going. I, like I've already booked my trip to Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, Fournay's got a ticket. Tarek, Tarek doesn't even play Magic. He's going. Oh, I love this. I love you so much, Keith. I really miss. Uh, I was never on a pod with you. I don't think I'm so. Pretty no. sure. No. no, you weren't there, bro. Oh my god! Yo, can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk about modern? I, I got some. I got some things to get off my chest about Hammer. Go, go ahead. I, I, okay, Andy, what did you play at this event? Did you play Murktide or, or? I played Murktide. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's my this. I I got this. I need to get this off my chest. This Hammer shit. When people are playing, like I look at these Hammer decks, and people are playing like three colors. Like splashing blue, they have like multiple skills, multiple spell pierces in their main deck. They have like four zeros, and I just look at these decks, and all I can think of is like you're like literally choosing not to win on turn two, a, a certain percentage of the time. Like I'm sorry, but like I'm not some sort of math scientist. I'm not gonna cl- claim that I am, but like I wish there was a way to get a large enough sam- sample size to quantify how much less often you win the game within the first five turns because you have a bunch of zeros in your deck, number one. And number two, I wish there was a way to quantify how often that it matters that your constructs are that much bigger because you have a no- the requisite number of artifacts in your deck. Like, I mean, you, you play Murktide, you play a lot of a lot of modern. Like, sometimes in game one against Murktide, you put a Urza Saga into play, and if you have enough artifacts, they literally can't beat it. Like, you just go 7-7, seven, 8-8, seven, eight, eight, and they're dead. Because they don't have, like they might not have a dress down in their main deck and like their Murktides don't even outsize your 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 constructs. But other times you go three three four four and they just like don't even care. So I, I this is just the spiel that I need to get off my chest about modern I and and, and hammer. I know that I'm I, I took a break, but I came back to a lot of nonsense. A total nonsense. I just can't believe that you're choosing not to win on turn two. That's my there's my hammer take. I'm not. I'm not some sort of. I'm not some sort of scientist, but I do believe that winning on turn two is good. You heard it here first. Winning on turn two, based. There you good go. even. Yeah. There's my. There's my. Oh my. My other take is, I played. I played green in my deck. I played four razor rich thickets and three horizon canopies for one haywire might because like that card is actually like a. I think a huge upgrade in specific matchups for for uh, hammer. Um. In testing, it was good because Moto has like a lot of amulet and a lot of hammer mirrors. I played zero of those decks in the tournament, and to be honest with you, I wish I just played eleven planes because uh, uh, the Razorridge thickets were horrible for me. Like I, the, I and the, and I've always hated the the fast lands in in Hammer. Even when you played Seacrum Coast, they're just like kind of miserable because you often want to hit your fourth land drop to do a bunch of things, activate Inkmoth Nexuses, you know, be able to activate Saga and do do things in the same turn. And then also you just like randomly worse to blood moon stuff like that. So I don't know if I was, if, if I would, I would, I would make a decision based on whatever your metagame is, but I don't even know if you need the green. I would just play 11 planes and just try to kill them. Yes. Thicket in particular sounds a little lost in the sauce. Yeah, it was, it was a little, it was rough. I, I hate fetch lands. I hate, like, I really think you're asking for it when you're playing like, you know, three to four pain lands, fetch lands and shock lands in your hammer deck. I know that that's an unpopular opinion, but I don't know. Just is what it is. We well, just got to think about how much damage you take when you play your land tapped on turn four. You know. Well, that's obviously true. I, I hear you. I hear you on that. I hear you on that for sure. Oh, but one last one last thing. What happened to the trophies, KYT? How did inflation affect the trophies? I've won three face opens, brag, and my this face open trophy is tiny. <laughs> what happened to the trophies, man? <laughs> Yo, get him, get him! I'm gonna forward that feedback to Kelly. <laughs> right. Yeah, tell him. So I'm, tell him he came from me too. I'm sure. He'd be happy to hear. No, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm obviously kidding. I'm happy, we're happy with my trophy. He's not yeah, kidding. Just, it's a very lovely trophy. It's a great trophy. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you very much for face face games. Strong with the trophy. <sighs> um. I think I I want to wrap this up uh, with with just some quick. I know it didn't really go well with for you, Andy, but like some quick because um, we didn't have an episode right after the pro tour. But to let our listeners know was how it went for you and and exactly how you feel and moving forward. And does it give you the fire to qualify for another PT? 
Um, so I did better than Mincash because oh, yeah. two players who didn't day two uh, got an extra 500 US dollars. And because I unintentionally drew one of my draft rounds, I got 500 bucks. Fire. But um, yeah, I was in a, a weird mental state. I had some stuff going on like uh, at home with my father and was just kind of like pretty down bad mentally going into the pro tour and f- didn't want to play magic. But now that like I'm back and I'm like feeling better and things are improving at home, I'm totally like back to being able to like give it what I feel like it deserves and what give it an amount that makes me happy playing magic. Cause like I wasn't happy playing magic for the pro tour because I knew I wasn't giving it what giving it the amount of time that it needed for me to be happy with it. But I'm back uh, to feeling pretty good about it. I feel like I'm playing really well again. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I had a really good time at the Pro Tour, hanging out with uh, Derek uh, Fournier and the Gold Ducat. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. I, yeah, it was an awesome time. And I, I can't wait to be back. And I'm going to play Minneapolis once I crush one of these RCs. That's for sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And don't. there's no doubt. I'll put. I'll, I'll just run the same tweet back. Like there was any doubt, I'm Facts. back on the PT. Facts. Um, yo, uh, Derek and Andy, do you have decks you like in standard? Try. try yeah, Grixis mid range. Have you heard of it? I have. Yes, I've explicitly yeah. heard of lots of fabled mirrors. Ginger, what do you like? What do you like? Uh, I think I'm gonna throw and not play Grixis. Um, you put planes, aren't you? Yeah, I'm gonna play. I'm not gonna play mono white, but are I, you gonna are you gonna play uh, uh, broken enchantments mid range? Yeah, red, it's red, definitely gonna be a deck with no yeah. triumph and but no, a dream. No, no, I I, I have some jetmere triumphs. Listen, I, the deck is bad, but I'm just so miserable playing the Grixis mirrors, and I'm already queued for the PT. Isn't that supposed to be your thing, man? Like, are yeah, you supposed to be like, I know, oh, I, I, lo- I don't get it either. It's I a, love black red. It's a, a it's a break in the a break in the fourth wall. I, I seem That's to be <laughs> having my uh, <laughs> my my Derek, midlife buddy. crisis as we speak. Okay, you can't say that if you don't know what it means. Yeah. Right, listen, I, say, no I say a lot of things. I don't know what it means. Just let it fly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, you heard it here first. Play Grixis and don't listen to Ginger. Yeah, you, words uh, to ev- live by for the next six months. Everybody at home, if you want to do well at this event, unironically, you should practice with Grixis. You should learn play patterns, and you should bring it to the event. You're stupid if you don't. Sorry to say, notably stupid guy who's not going to bring it to the event. Yeah, <laughs> already on the PT scoreboard, etc., etc. Silly little guy. I'm going to bring my clown outfit and my clown shoes. I'm going to get fitted the night before. We're flying out to Vancouver and we're eating well in our clown suits. <laughs> Sick. Um, Derek, did, did you cover how the PT went for you? I just had to go outside because we're crazy car beepings and I thought I oh, had true. to move with the car. <laughs> no, um, I did not cover any of anything that went up and went on at the PT. How'd you do, little guy? I uh, 10 6 uh, for a nice little requalification. 7 yeah. 3 in constructed, 3 3 in limited for a nice little 42nd. Um, I had a lot of fun. Felt my deck was built very well. Uh, I worked with Fournier a lot and had a lot of discussion with him. And he gave me a lot of insight and a lot of um, pointers and, and, Although we didn't necessarily always agree on what to do with the deck, his uh, ideological approach to mid-range decks and how deck building should work really helped. So shout out Fournier. Um, I don't think I would have come to the conclusion that I did with the deck without him. Um, It's unfortunate that he lost his winning into the PT. Um, I think he worked really hard and it just sucks for him. Um, Good. It sucks that uh, Andy also didn't make it, but, you know, um, it was still a very fun event. We had a great weekend. I got to finally meet uh, Ducat for the first time. Really? What? And, yeah, I've never talked to him uh, in person. I wouldn't call that talking. Well. <laughs> He's never been talked at. Yeah, it's, it's, more like, it's more like interpreting. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, 
he was an interesting fellow. I have some interesting. You should stories. try. You should try editing his articles. I'm. I'm no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. It's hard. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite the experience, uh, to say the least. Being on the first PT after the like PT return was um was different it was a different vibe than the old pts i've been a part of and it was a different vibe to be a part of a magic con which we weren't really a part of in the first place um it it felt like and this is where my like magic is dying sort of ideas like there was just a much larger celebration going on downstairs about like a five minute walk from our event hall and I don't even know if people knew what was going on upstairs until after the event. Not, not that I need people to know, but it was definitely like an eye opening experience to see how the average individual has started to interact with magic post COVID or during COVID compared to how we have and how that is now changing in front of our eyes. Um, but overall, I think it's a good thing. I think this is a good change for magic and I'm, I'm happy to, or I'm excited to see what's happening going forward. And um, the PT was sweet and not just cause I recued. Congratulations, Derek. Well, thank you. Yeah. The Magicon was dope. It was, uh, it was so interesting to see how different other people's interaction with magic is like Derek and I were walking around. It was bumping the whole time. And then we go walk by this booth for some commander YouTube thing. And it is lined up as far as it could possibly let them with people like directing the line to game nights. It was game I've, nights. I've yeah. never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would huge. I, I don't I don't want to open up a can of worms, but like I would contest that magic is not changing. It was just always this way. And now Watsi has found a way to make people feel welcome at these events. Yes. Like, yeah, we, yeah, like yeah. we just like used to put it like competitive magic used to be an actual brick wall. Like, not to mention the brick wall it was for like literally anyone that doesn't look like the three of us, but like not to mention, not to mention people who didn't want to play competitively. Right. And the, the fact that like now that there's an opportunity for anybody who experiences the game in any way to interact with each other is like probably just a net positive thing. I don't think it means competitive magic is dying. I just think it means that there's just like, there was always like hundreds of thousands of people that played the game on like their picnic tables for fun. And now they just do that at events because we no longer have like massive gate caps walls around everything. And I'm not saying that's like the competitive player's fault. That was the ecosystem, right? It was like, it was like totally degenerate. It was like, get a hotel room, sleep on the floor, six people in a two bedroom room, like, like let's go. Right. And it's just not like that anymore. So I think, yeah. it, I think it could be just a net fucking awesome thing for everyone. So. And I, I think that's reasonable. That might be the proper assessment of, uh, my read on the the circumstance before rather uh, you almost just admitted to being wrong there be careful buddy i i i could be wrong in the future we'll have to see <laughs> more info going forward uh, i can guarantee you'll be wrong in the future yeah, that's a fucking Rich. absolute all right i'll get demand. out the twit longer <laughs> keith will you edit my twit longer a hundred dollars an hour oh my gosh <laughs> right i think i think we're gonna wrap up i, I can confirm i looked it up Keith has been on this show three times. Holy Once shit. with just you two, but definitely twice when I was on. So I wasn't imagining wow. things. Right. Dude, I thought I'd been Congrats on once. <laughs> I thought I'd been on a once before. No, no, you were you were awesome. I feel like You're a celebrity on. now. <laughs> You're the most famous one out of us four for sure. <laughs> Maybe net viewership. <laughs> um so any any final takes you guys want to say anything you good play hammer play hammer Hammer. i'm gonna watch uh keith's stuff especially his latest video i want to know if esports is dying um but uh i I guess i got one uh amulet is definitively not tier one oh that's facts that's also facts yeah oh here's another one here's another take uh creativity i think is better is better than murktad Ooh. there's 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 yeah that's a take yeah yeah I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that controversial. I, like, I mean, I think I think it's pretty. It's like hard to justify. It's more of a like. It's definitely a hot take, but I think creativity is gaining some steam, and people have definitely not found the like perfect build for it yet. 
So I'm, I, 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 that's my like uh, the, my theory for for breakout modern deck. It's also re- a really good, a really hard matchup for Hammer. Where as I feel, Murktide is is a is a good matchup for Hammer. Derek, anything else? We good, good vibes. No, we're we're Gucci here. We're vibing. Yeah. We're vibing. Check, out, right. check out check out twitch.tv/slash <laughs> I got what my own marketing keep? team now. Let's uh, plug a few things for you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KeithGapsick and uh, follow the Scory Sports on YouTube. We make good videos about games and Twitch and sort of everything you need to know. I don't think I'd do anything else. Um, oh, <laughs> go read a book. That, that, if it, don't follow me on anything and instead read a book. I'm trying to I'm trying to spread 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 literacy in 2023. Every morning, wake up and make your bed. Make it your bed. Matter. Make your bed and read 10 pages of a book before make, bed. Yeah, just make go before you go to bed. Read a book. There when you go. wake up in the morning, make your bed. There make you sure go. you're drinking at least six gallons of water every day. It doesn't matter how much you have to pee. Just yeah. do it. Now anyway. he's being unreasonable, but yeah. I'm not. No being phones after 2 p.m. Yeah. yeah. Don't look directly into the sun. Uh, Okay, thank oh, you. I was actually looking up uh, your Instagram, Keith. Why is there only one post there? I'm not much of an Instagram poster. Instagram is toxic. That 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 that's that's a there's another. I'm just spewing takes now. We're at the point where I just I'm just saying my opinions, but I, I'm not much of an Instagram user. So don't follow me there. I have one post. Um, are you reading anything right now that you would recommend? I'm reading <laughs> Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. I would not recommend that unless you're like into like dense Russian books. But uh, I would I, one of the most recent books I read was um, uh, the Wind Up Bird Chron- Chronicles by Murakami. And if uh, if you're into like anything like sort of spacey literature, kind of like out there, like it was it was really cool. So yeah. My girlfriend recommended it to me because um, I'm trying to uh, trying to uh, reach greener pastures by reading non North American writers. So I did like Roberto Bolaño, and then some Russians, and uh, and also Murakami. So yeah, we're lo- we're looking for new Nirvana and our Samsara's reading. What do you want from books? me, man? I'm just telling I'm just telling you what, what I'm doing. Um... Okay. All right, guys. Uh, can't wait to get you back on in the future, Keith. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap.